0: In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Join me, Dr. Karon Kamwule, as we pursue the Word, the Lord Jesus, searching scriptures to find solutions to life's issues. Welcome to Word Anchor Podcast. Download and share with your friends and your family. Stay blessed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Blessed is the name of our Lord Jesus. Thank you for tuning in to Wet Anchor Podcast. And this week's episode is titled, When You Feel Inadequate. Child of God, have you ever felt that whatever you have achieved is not good enough? That there is so much more, but do you fall short of reaching there? Do you compare yourself to others and feel inadequate? Perhaps you think your preaching is not good enough compared to the famous preachers. I remember seeing a post from a servant of God. He was talking about the issue of looking down on those who haven't mastered the skills of preaching and also have not had theological teaching, even though they are called of God. These ministers have to preach and end up being judged and compared to others, stripping their confidence. He calls it theological elitism. He says, your theological precision is not a qualification to be called by God. They are wounded servants of God out there who end up doubting their call because they cannot attain to the standards set by other human beings, not even God. Perhaps you think your prayer is not good enough. Perhaps you think you cannot compare with those who spend hours in prayer. Maybe you have no revelation, no visions, no dreams. Some have started churches and they remain with few members, many years down the line. And this has caused some to even go to get powers from the kingdom of darkness, simply because they want to increase membership and to be like others, unfortunately. They want to afford the big cars, the mansions and all the fame. However, besides even the issues of things like that happening in the church, there's also a societal issue. Perhaps you went to school with others and they have houses and cars and you don't even have a job. You might have a job, but you are still lingering on at entry level whilst whilst your peers are managers and executives. Maybe you came out of varsity together, but you have nothing much to show. No assets, nothing. You started perhaps a business and failed. Perhaps you started a business and failed dismally, or you are still pushing and there's nothing to show. I saw a post also of someone saying um, that um, forgive us for our salary has still not allowed us to uplift our parents' home. It's still at the level of taking care of our needs. And you can see that it is coming from a wounded heart where you wish to build your parents' a home. Perhaps you wish to buy a car for your parents. You want to change the look and feel of your home where you grew up at. But you don't have the means. You can only afford to take to buy to pay for transport to go to work and maybe buy your own groceries, pay your rent or you have your own house. But your peers have changed the look and feel of their own homes where they grew up. So maybe indeed you haven't managed to build your parents a home, but your peers have built mansions for their parents and they continuously sing their praises. I want to state that to you, child of God. You are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone with those feelings of inadequacy. It's not about being jealous of others, but it's about looking at yourself and thinking, I could have been far. I could have achieved this. I could have done that. Unfortunately, on the negative side, you begin to think, I'm not good enough. I am useless. I cannot achieve things. I am a failure and all of those. The Bible tells us of the story of Cain and Abel in the book of Genesis chapter 4. It is said that Abel and Cain, they brought an offering to God. And Abel brought the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was angry and his countenance fell. So you are a child of God. You wish that you can give a bigger offering at church, but you cannot afford. In some churches, they will call the envelopes and say, Put down five thousand, ten thousand, and you see the five thousand and ten thousand standing in front, and you know that you've only got a hundred bucks. You look at their offering, you think to yourself, "God is not going to look at me because of my offering." Cain felt inadequate in his offering. He felt that what he had offered was not good enough before God. Perhaps his motive. Perhaps he could have offered his first, but it is said he offered a um, portion. Of, of what he had made because he, he, he was plowing the fields. But then it is specific about Abel that it was the firstborn and it's of their fate. So Abel did well compared to Cain. But you see, Cain decided to stay at the feelings of inadequacy instead of doing better. He entertained the feeling that I am inadequate before God. Instead of saying, what can I do, God? What else can I offer? How should I have offered What should I do next time I have a harvest? So that God will tell him, this is how you do things. This is the kind of offering that pleases me. This is the kind of things that you should do. Instead of doing that, he began to look at his brother with an evil eye. And that hatred, that bitterness, that envy, that jealousy caused him to kill his own brother. And when we fast forward in the Bible, we go to the story of Joshua and Moses. You remember that Joshua was serving under Moses. When Moses was inside the tabernacle, Joshua would sit at the door. And when Moses went home, Joshua remained there. But when Moses died, having served God for more than 40 years, I mean, this man served God more than 40 years, and he looked at the promised land and died. And Joshua was left. To serve God and lead the people. How do you rise up as Joshua having seen the the judgment of God over Moses? That Moses you failed to do what I told you to do this one time. And because of that failure you're not going into the promised land. How was Joshua supposed to lead the people knowing that Moses perished in the mountain? God realized and knew that Joshua needed some encouragement. How do you get into such big shoes that were filled by Moses? Joshua was encouraged by God so that he does not feel inadequate as a leader coming after such a great leader. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 to 7 it says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and be of good courage. For to these people... You shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and be very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. God knew Joshua needed to be encouraged. Joshua needed to know that the Lord will not leave him nor forsake him. Joshua needed to know that he will take these people straight into the promised land. Joshua needed that encouragement. You may not be a Moses, but you are a Joshua and God trusts you. God trusts you with the assignment that Moses could not even finish. Be strong and be courageous. You do what the Lord commands you to do. That's all that you need to do. Sometimes you think you are inadequate, whereas you have actually done what the Lord has commanded you to do. You might have been commanded to do small. You might have been commanded like the man that was given one talent compared to the man that was given five talent. And you look at your one talent and you think it's not adequate. So even if I were to put this um, talent to good use, it will only give me one talent more. But God has trusted you with that one talent. You see, Joshua had walked with Moses, served under his leadership for decades. He witnessed the pain and the anguish of leading a stiff-necked people. He heard Moses pray many a times for a people that were always quick to turn away from God. At the first sign of trouble. Joshua saw the congregation approaching the promised land after 40 years with Aaron and Miriam dead and Moses remaining and making his biggest mistake, which took away his opportunity of stepping into the land he had hoped to enter all these years. How do you feel those shoes of someone that has walked with God? How do you feel those shoes and feel that whatever you do is correct and right before God. Perhaps the punishment of God to Moses was too harsh. What would God do to Joshua if he made a mistake, given the punishment he meted to the one who spoke to him face to face? Joshua had the biggest shoe signs to feel. And God, if we notice when God called Moses, he did not encourage Moses in the manner that he encouraged Joshua. Though Joshua served under Moses, he was not the leader until Moses died. His leadership skills would be compared to Moses even more, his spiritual level and connection with God. We have seen many churches' children of God collapsing after the death of their leader because not even a single person is able to rise and fill up those shoes. Churches have closed doors because there's no one good enough or there's no one adequate or experienced or powerful enough to take on the baton and lead the people. There could be someone that is called, but that Joshua is not a Moses. That Joshua is a different person altogether with a different assignment. Even though they are taking over from a Moses, Moses was able to lead the people throughout the wilderness, but it needed a younger person to go and fight for the land that God had promised the people. And when we go forward, we see in the Bible, the story of Gideon, The Bible tells us that he was visited by an angel of the Lord, and the angel came to him and said, the Lord is with you, you mighty men of valor. And listen to the response of Gideon, "O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all his miracles, which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? but now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? But Joshua said, O my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. You see, God saw in Gideon a mighty man of valor, a man of strength. But Gideon saw in himself the weakest clan in Manasseh and the least in his father's house. So to Gideon, he could not do the thing that God wanted him to do. To Gideon, the Philistines were more powerful than him and even his own clan. His clan was the weakest. So Gideon was inadequate. For the assignment God was calling him to, God does not see things the way we see them, children of God. You may think that you are not good enough. You are not powerful enough. You may think that you cannot preach good enough. You may think that you cannot do the things that others can do. Perhaps your assignment is right there in the very thing that you are able to do. Gideon went to win battles after battles for Israel. Surely God knows the power and the strength he has given you already. When we go further, we find Saul. Saul, that was the first king that was appointed and anointed to be a king of Israel. When he was called, when Samuel told him about what God had said, Saul said, am I not a Benjamite of the smallest of the tribes of Israel and my family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin? Why then do you speak like this to me? First Samuel chapter 9 verse 21. This answer of Saul is the same as the answer of Gideon. I'm a Benjamite and my tribe is the smallest. My family is the least. And therefore, who am I to become the king of Israel? Like Gideon, Saul saw himself as coming from the smallest tribes, from the least of the families of the very small tribe. This is the mentality that set him up for failure twice until God took away his spirit from him and chose another king, David. These are people just like you and me. Saul was a human being just like you and me. They faced real feelings of inadequacy. They felt very low compared to others. They felt that they were less powerful than others. They felt that they were nothing. And God even said later on, when you were small in your own eyes, did I not choose you? God chose Saul when he was small in his own eyes. These are people that were compared to others. West was that they also compared themselves to others and found themselves wanting. Saul would say when he listened to the people singing that Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his 10,000 and Saul focused on the battles that David had won and the praises that people were giving unto David whereas David was not yet on the throne. Instead of focusing on the kingship and the kingdom that he was a king in he focused on what else that David was getting from the people. Child of God, don't feel inadequate. God does not make a mistake. You might stutter and be of slow speech like Moses, but God will choose you amongst the eloquent and make you a leader. Psalm 139 verse 14 says, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. So as you have been made by God, just as you are, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. The work of God is marvelous. The work of God is good. The work of God is wonderful. Know that and tell your soul that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I may not look like the next person. my, My body may not be made like that other person, but God made me fearfully and wonderfully. I look good as I am. I may have to improve one, two, three, but that does not make me inadequate. You might be the youngest, but God does not look at the appearance, even of age. He qualifies the ones that he chooses. He does not choose those that are qualified. In First Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, when God decided to choose another king and, and sent Samuel to the house of Jesse, all the sons, all the ones that were big enough, all the sons that were probably uh, well able and their bodies were probably strong and all of those things. All those ones had to pass before Samuel and God said not this ones. When Samuel said surely uh, uh, the one that is chosen by God is before me, God said no. And he said, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. Praise the Lord. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So you look at yourself and you think, I am inadequate. My body is not good enough. Whatever thing that I can look at in the outside and, and, and you think I am unable to do these things. God is looking inside. God looks at the heart. God looks at the possibility in you. God looks at the strength that he has given you, child of God. David was just a shepherd boy before his brothers and even his father. He was not a candidate for anointing, but they all had to wait for him to come back, praise God, from the field so that he would be anointed king. God has not run out of options when he chooses a servant. He chooses a servant because he wants that servant to serve in that position that God has put them in. Joseph was a young boy with big dreams. His brothers were threatened by the dream that he had and eventually sold him to slavery. But God had chosen him. And one day they eventually bowed to Joseph just as he had dreamed. and they were desperate for food. They had all these years been by their father's side, but none could save the family in the time of famine except the leader that they disposed of. Jesus Christ spoke these words to the disciples. John 15 verse 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. That whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you. Jesus chose those 12. He chose them even when they could not fish. He chose them even when they could not cast the demon out of that young boy that had um epileptic um, seizures. He had chosen them even when they could not answer properly when they were being asked. He had chosen them even when they ran away when he was arrested. Jesus encouraged his disciples. Whilst he was with them, he was able to rescue them when they failed to cast out that demon. He was also there to solve the text issue that Peter spoke out of 10 on. There to give them a large cache of fish when they could not get any. He saw them run away. When they, when he was arrested, Peter denying him, though he had earlier said he would never leave Jesus with all their inadequacies, Jesus still chose them. They did not choose him. Doubting Thomas was still there. He was not a mistake. He was chosen. God knew that Thomas was going to doubt, but he had to be there and doubt still. Even Judas, the betrayer was not a mistake. It was preordained so that he would do that so that the scripture would be fulfilled you are not a mistake, child of God. God has not made a mistake. Paul was very clear about his call. Though he was not amongst the 12 disciples, he came in later, not having even met the Lord in the flesh. He was very confident of his call. He said in the book of Galatians chapter 2 verse 6, but from those who seemed to be something, whatever they were, it makes no difference to me. God shows Personal favoritism to no man, for those who seem to be something added nothing to me. You may sit and wait for recognition by people that look at you and see nothing much to be desired. But you see, God shows no favoritism. Paul was established by God Himself right at the backdrop of those who saw and lived with Jesus for three and a half years. This would even encourage those that would come later, like us, that though we have not seen the Lord face to face, He still calls and sends out people even today. Oh, God said to Jeremiah, tell my people, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. And he also said to Gideon, go in the smite of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? I want to say to you, child of God, be encouraged, be encouraged. Go with this might of yours and build that ministry. Go with this might of yours and serve God. Go with this might of yours and go get that job. Go and rise up in the ranks in your employment. Go start that business. Go for that client. Go achieve great things. Go for that education. Whatever strength you need, God has given you. Whatever strength extra that you need, God has it sufficient in store for you. It is written, not by my might, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit. You will achieve great things by the Spirit of God because it is Him that will refill the power that you need and that you have lost. In the area that you feel inadequate child of God, find a word for it. Meditate on it until your spirit is lifted up. May the Lord encourage you continuously. You are not a mistake. You are a vessel of honor, feet, to be used by the master. May you succeed in every good work. May you excel in every good work. May you turn that one talent into two. May you turn that two talent into four. May you turn that five talents into ten. God has sent you. Go in the smite of yours. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for listening. To the Word Anchor Podcast. To get copies of my books, The Bride of Jesus, Dear Girl Child, Confessions of a Parent, Victorious Youth, and From the Pit to the Palace, go to amazon.com. You can buy a hard copy or a Kindle edition. Remember to check out the show notes, connect with me on social media platforms, give feedback, and continue to spread the Word. Tune in for the next episode and make the Word of God your anchor.